One of the hardest things for me as a preacher is that there are preachers that stand up in front of people with the same Bible that I have. And they tell you that faith, especially rightly practiced faith, will block you from suffering. That in fact, if you do the faith right, you're going to live some version of usually the American dream. It's preached in other countries as well. And in, in, with respect to ministry, with respect to my role as a pastor, as your pastor, almost nothing makes me more frustrated because the scriptures state and imply that you will suffer. And I don't love telling you that. But there is still help and hope and good news intermixed with that. Faith is not something that blocks our suffering. Faith holds us in the midst of our suffering. Stated, inferred, implied throughout Scripture. And followers of Jesus are going to suffer even more. And I have to be honest with you about that. And it's not in my... uh, Let me just say this. One of the reasons you're going to suffer more is you're going to have hope. And hope and good news intermixed with that. Faith is not something that blocks our suffering. Faith holds us in the midst of our suffering. Stated, inferred, implied throughout Scripture. And followers of Jesus are going to suffer even more. And I have to be honest with you about that. And it's not in my... uh, Let me just say this. One of the reasons you're going to suffer more is you're going to have hope. You're actually going to have hope in who God is and what he's doing and therefore be more capable of reconciliation with people, which is going to end up sometimes hurting you because they're not going to be capable of it. But followers of God will end up suffering more. Not always, but oftentimes. Everyone suffers, but followers of Jesus often more. And I believe the primary reason is they have hope. They're not just receding into their cynicism amongst the actual wreckage of the world. You and I have stories that, um, that haunt us. And I'm not going to stand up here and say, if you had more faith, it wouldn't be like that. Because that's not true. And that's not how the scripture presents it to us. Do you remember when uh, you realized that all humans die? For me, I was four. And it scared me to death. I was wearing cowboy boots, a little bit like these, though not as nice. Oh yeah, wearing cowboy boots. I'm from Oklahoma. You'll be all right. (laughs) And I kicked a hole in the door. And my sister, because I was so upset when I learned that people die. And my sister consoled me. She was an excellent big sister to me. Then and now in some respects. What about you? What are the stories that haunt you? I had trouble sleeping last night because there are some things in my story that trouble me. For some of you, maybe that's in the morning or throughout the day. For some of you, you sleep fine. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Good. That's fantastic. But many of us have stories that haunt us. In Psalm 116, the writer is going to talk about distress. And languishing, I love that word. It's almost like an onomatopoeia, right? Like languishing. I feel like my lips just turned down and saying it. Like I'm languishing. 
The writer will talk about tears and stumbling, a point in time where everyone seemed like a liar. The psalmist said out loud, all mankind are liars. Have you had a day like that? You interact with eight people or 80 people and you're like, I can't trust one of them. They're all against me. And you know that's not true, but you had that day. That's how you experienced life. The psalmist writes about that. Affliction. The fear of looming death. It's on the mind of the writer of Psalm 116. You and I have, have probably experienced some suffering. We've experienced secondhand suffering when we're watching someone else. That's oftentimes worse when you're watching someone else suffer because we feel really pure in our affection for someone else while they suffer. Well, what do we do? What do we do when we see someone suffering or when we're suffering? What's the faith act? There's more to do when a friend is suffering and when we're suffering than to pray, but there isn't less to do. When I hear those preachers, and it's so interesting, they dress, you know, sort of like me, and they might even use the exact same version of the Bible, but then they say, faith turns you into a human that doesn't suffer anymore. They don't say it that way. They say it in these compelling, and they yell more than I do, and... But I'm like, no, what, it, it, we're not even talking about apples and oranges here in terms of Jesus is the answer to all your financial woes and will keep you from suffering. It's apples and chairs, the difference between the faith of Scripture and, it, and, and the person that tells you if you put your faith in Jesus, you won't suffer anymore. Think I'm kidding? Listen to, or making light of this. Listen to the words of Psalm 116. A psalm that... Israel saying to the other, we don't know who wrote it. We don't know the circumstances. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol, that was the Jewish and Old Testament idea of the afterlife. It was neither heaven nor hell the way you and I think about it. It was just the after, okay? The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death. So something happened. Do you see the verb tense switch? It was from a request to a passage. Something happened. We don't know what happened. Something happened that was good. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will to offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. 
My hope throughout this series on the Psalms is that we become more familiar with them. We become familiar with how to praise God when we see beauty. How to praise Him when we're aware of His character. We also become more experienced at lament. Lament is biblical whining. It's complaint to God. We call it lament because it sounds more spiritual. It's complaining. That's why we call them cursing psalms imprecatory. So you're like, right, imprecatory. I want us to become more familiar with the language so that we know how to pray in the midst of life as we actually experience it, which is faith. Trusting God who's gracious, merciful, long-suffering, steadfastly loving. What I want is for you and I to know what to do with our anxieties. I don't know if you can relate to to Charlie Brown here. This is me last night. Sometimes I lie awake at night and ask, where have I gone wrong? Then a voice says to me, this is going to take more than one night. (laughs) My anxieties have anxieties. Here's the reason I was up last night. is because I've been studying Psalm 116. And I know that there are parts of my story that I have not done what I'm telling you to do based upon the scriptures. And part of that's because we have a lot of stories. We have a lot of haunting stories, right? But it was wonderful, even in the middle of the night, to talk to God real simply about places in my story that still cause me to spike internally a little bit, to be troubled. I also worry about you guys, so I cast that anxiety on him also, middle of the night. Our haunting stories reveal faith. Faith is not the thing that blocks us from suffering. Faith, according to Psalm 116, is belief amidst affliction. Faith is the voice with influence that speaks to our soul about what is true when we're troubled. Did you catch that in the middle? I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. So the psalmist feels greatly afflicted in the midst of belief. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. That's an exaggeration. But it's how the psalmist was experiencing life at that moment, so they prayed it. In community, by the way. Being honest. Faith is a felt peace based upon what we believe to be true, religiously and historically. Faith is a realized peace. It's a sensed peace. Peace. Because of what we believe, we sense peace. And if you're, if, you're, if you're picking up on what I'm putting down, you're like, how come I don't sense it very much? How come I don't realize it? How come it's not as felt as I want it to be? Only people of faith ever ask that question, by the way. And the answer is, how, the answer to the question, how much are we supposed to Feel the peace that our faith gives us? The answer is in the Psalms. Repeatedly, the psalmists go back and forth and they speak to their soul about life as they actually experience it and God as they understand Him and the future as they long for it to be. Faith is the thing in us with power and influence to talk to our soul. 
What does faith do? Do you know what faith does? It connects life as you and I experience it with what we believe and trust. You know that, right? Belief is not enough. It's not. It has to be a trusting move where we're receiving the love of God and moving towards Him in gratitude. But then faith becomes felt peace. You're like, I want to feel that peace more. Now you're praying like a psalmist. Faith is a realized peace. I don't realize it very much. How long, oh Lord? Oh, right, now I'm praying like a psalmist. And what's happening? Our experience of peace is growing. Not fast enough. Now we sound like a psalmist. Because that's my goal, is that you and I become more and more familiar with this language. You and I pray sanitized prayers because we believe that God wants us to get our act together and then come to Him and be a little bit more pious. You cannot read the longest book in the Scriptures and believe that. I love the Psalms. The only book in the whole Bible that's written for devotional use. The entire Bible ought to be studied. The entire Bible is devotional. But it's the only book, page chapter 1 through 150, designed for your and my devotional use. And the language is way more PG-13 than your and my prayer language. I know I said this before. Do you know the last line in Psalm 88? Darkness is my closest friend. You're like, that's not very good news. It's not the only psalm. But for those of us that have had a day where that's how we felt, that was the reality of our life, how wonderful that it's modeled in the scriptures that we can pour out life as we actually experience it to God with the full expectation that He takes it seriously, that He hears us, that He's gracious and merciful. What does faith do? It connects life as we actually experience with what we believe and trust. So what we're taught from the Psalms to do is speak to our souls. Faith gives rest to your soul. If you call Jesus Lord right now, your soul is being coached to enjoy the rest purchased by Jesus Christ. You're like, it's not happening fast enough. I'm with you. The psalmist is with you. I am greatly afflicted. The psalmist is praying like King Lear. I am a man more sinned against than sinning. All mankind are liars, exaggerating, but being honest about how the day actually seemed. So we learn to speak to our soul and the faith gives rest. Listen again to verses 5 through 9. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The psalmist is speaking to his soul about what he believes to be true. I'm assuming it's a man. We don't know who wrote Psalm 116. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. And you're like, I want to know the story. We don't know the story, but we do know the song. Something happened. Something changed. This is a psalm of reorientation. The writer was brought low and was rescued out of it through their faith. Some psalms we know some circumstances, others we don't. This is one we don't know. We don't know what happened. But we know the song where they were reoriented to remember that God is a good father who loves. And then verse 7, Return, O my soul, 
to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. The psalmist there does not mean my circumstances add up to God dealing bountifully with you. We could all have a big therapy session that would take weeks to decide whether he's dealt bountifully with us unless the world is indeed entirely broken by sin and God is a good father and because of the work of Christ we're reconciled to him we have the Holy Spirit. If that's true then he has dealt bountifully with us regardless of our circumstances. The writer of Psalm 116 doesn't know about Jesus, but he does know about the character of the Lord. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Do you know how to speak to your soul about the stories that haunt you and keep you up? Here's what happened last night at 2 a.m. If I were coaching myself, I would say, don't tell that story, it's too fresh. But I've already started. In 2009, I was very sick. Some of you know that. Others of you are visiting the church, you know that I had uh, cancer. And during my second round of chemotherapy, I could barely walk. Because chemotherapy is just a lot of poison that enters your body. And uh, I fell. A lot. Just getting out of bed. And that time still causes me anxiety when I think about it. So I prayed, Lord, I know that you're with me. But that was a pretty rough season. Sounds pretty profound, right? Clearly, I've mastered divinity. It's pretty basic language. And yet, it helped my soul rest. It wasn't like I just fell asleep and now I'm good. I'm sure I'll never experience anxiety about that moment again. No, no, it's not that. It's faith of a real human being who pours their story out to God, attempting to remember who he is in the moment and trusting him to take that seriously. We talk about what's happened to us while remembering who God is. A father who loves us, cares for us, listens to our prayers, verse 1 and 2. We take our story and we remember who he is even as we are remembering his story at the same time. And here's why I preach on the Psalms and I might preach on it every year that I'm a pastor. So if you don't like the Psalm series, you can email me. I'll let you know before I start it. But I might preach on this every year and here's why. You and I simply don't pray this way. And what we miss out on is internal peace. I hope that the Psalms have become a mentor to you. Some of you have been praying them longer than I've been alive. I'm so glad. I hope you feel encouraged. For others of us, we need to learn to let the Psalms pray us. You want a sermon application? Here's my big sermon application. Get a note card. Fold it in half. Write Psalm 116 verse 7 on it and put it at your bedside table. This is not a metaphor. This is how you and I pray when we're disoriented. This is how we reorient on God and speak to our soul about what's actually true about God. So get a note card, fold it in half, put it as a little triangle on your bedside table after writing on it. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully 
with you. That's not a statement about your circumstances or mine. That's a statement about the character of God. He has pursued you because He loves you. Called you His own. And because of the work of Christ, we are reconciled to Him and we have the Holy Spirit. That's the New Testament version of He has dealt bountifully with you. Our haunting stories reveal faith so we speak to our souls about the Lord. We don't talk to our souls about our circumstances. We're honest about our circumstances but what we talk to our souls about is the Lord and respond in thanksgiving. This past holiday is an interesting one to me because Thanksgiving is not a Christian holiday and yet what we do at Thanksgiving is profoundly more Christian than what we do at most Christian holidays. Being thankful is the Christian response to the work of Christ. It's all over the scripture that our response is thankfulness. That's verses 12 through 19. For what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. That's what we've been doing this morning. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant. The son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Some of us, it's easy to talk about what we're thankful for. For some, it's more of a struggle. The Psalms teach us how to do that, to both be honest about life as we actually experience it and thankful to God for who he is. His mercies never change. What we tell our soul about is His name. You have your Bible? You see the word Lord? Do you know why it's capitalized? It's not because they don't know how to do fonts at the Bible publishing industry. That's the personal name of God. In the Old Testament, uh, when God showed up, it was very scary. I love when people are like, I just want God to show up. And I'm like, you don't know your Bible very well. Like, it's quite scary when he shows up. You know, Job shows up in the whirlwind. Moses asks to see the face of God, and God says, no, it's too scary. So, followers of God, before Jesus, did not want to say the personal name of God. So, the reason it's all in caps is, the consonants are for the word Yahweh, which is the personal name of God. But the vowels are for the word Adonai, which means Lord, which is why it says Lord, but it's in all caps because it's the personal name of God. It's also where we get the word Jehovah, which is actually a transliteration. And this is where I remember that you don't care about transliteration. (laughs) But what we speak to our... Thank you. What we speak to our soul about is not our circumstances, though we're honest about them. What we speak to our soul about is Yahweh. The God who is gracious and merciful, whose love is a covenanting, steadfast love. My hope for the series is that you and I are better lamenters. We're better complainers to God. We're also better praisers of Him. When we're reoriented 
By faith in Jesus, in spite of our circumstances, we know better how to express all of that to the Lord. That's why we did a series on the Psalms. The good news that the writer here doesn't know as well as you and I know is that God loves us and likes us. Because of the work of Jesus Christ, if we call him Lord, we're reconciled to the Father and we have the Holy Spirit. But in the midst of the broken world, in the in-between time, Jesus has come, he died so that we can be reconciled to God, but he hasn't made all things new. He's going to, but he hasn't. What do we do in between? We learn to pray this way. Expressing the full range of what it means to be human, knowing that he's good, knowing that he hears us, knowing that he loves us. The Psalms are our friends and our mentors and our guides in that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, return our souls to your re- to rest because you have dealt bountifully with us. Jesus, return our souls to rest because of your work that proves that you have dealt bountifully with us. Holy Spirit, return our souls to rest because of your indwelling, which is bountiful in our hearts. Father, help us as we pray to sense your good news. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.